0: time it's good to see you yes. amen it's good to see you. you look wonderful on this Memorial Day weekend we honor the Lord for his goodness uh, in our lives and just reflecting on the sweetness of who Jesus is uh, it could be another way where we didn't know him and lost and directionless and without hope but we know him today and that's a beautiful thing and we never take that for granted We know we have the communion table that's laid before us, and this is our fourth Sunday where we take communion together, and we want to get to that great privilege to commune one with another. But we want to hear the Word of God today. Uh, Been teaching out of a series about the Spirit called More Spirit, Less Flesh. More Spirit, Less Flesh. We're going to continue in that vein if God allows the book of Ephesians chapter five is where we'll take a text also have Galatians 5 13 to 23 as our background but for sake of time just reading out of the book of Ephesians the fifth chapter beginning at verse one the New King James version reads Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us in offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. Dropping to verse 15, it says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil therefore do not be unwise but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation but be filled with the spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Amen to his reading. You may be seated. More spirit, less flesh, fill me up. More spirit, less flesh. Fill me up. Talk badly that we want to make change and we want to see things really be different in our lives, that we have to have more spirit and less flesh. More spirit. And the, the, the amazing thing about this is that you can't carry this message outside of the church. <laughs> Because we're the ones that have access to the spirit. And so if things are going to be different, it's not talking to the White House, but it's talking to the church house. To the believers that there'd be more spirit and less flesh. We talked about our first major point was that we have to acknowledge the spirit. Oftentimes we acknowledge God, the father, we acknowledge the son, but often we're remiss in acknowledging the presence of the Holy Spirit and that he's here not to follow us, but he's here to lead us. We talked about that he abides with us and so we must abide with him. He's here to abide with us. We must abide with him. We must read and study and meditate. That's how we, one way in which we abide with him on the word of God because he, he loves all things Jesus. And he teaches about Jesus and instructs about Jesus. That's why he's here. And then we have to allow his influence in our lives to transform our hearts and the way that we live. It's like I shared when I got married, it was a revelation that my wife was going to influence the way I lived for the rest of my life. And when we have the Holy Spirit abiding with us and we abide in him, it's going to change the way that we live. As we're moving forward in in this series, we got to understand that to have more spirit and less flesh, we must walk in love. To have more spirit and less flesh... We must walk in love. You know, scripture in Galatians talked to us about how we've been free, uh, free from legalism. And so we don't have a bunch of rules and regulations like you had. Uh, In the Old Testament, we have God's rule, which is morally in our hearts and minds, but we don't have to make sacrifices here and give she goats and billy goats and all of those things. But we've been freedom. We are free in Christ Jesus. But our freedom is not just so that we can absorb and make opportunity for our flesh. But it says that we are free to love and serve one another. The law of Christ is simple. Uh, The law of Christ. So we don't have these big legalism, but we have the law of Christ. In Mark 12, uh, 32 to 33, Jesus says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord with God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than than these, And so that's what the law of Christ is, the loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. And then in Romans 13, um, verses 8 to 10, we find these words. It says, oh, no one anything. That's deep right there in itself. It says, oh, no one anything. Except to love each other. So we've been commanded here, as we see, to walk in love. And in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, he says, be imitators of Christ. And then he talks about love because that's what we ought to do is to walk in love. But I'm saying this because I'm laying foundation. We're teaching now on laying some foundation about living in the spirit. And we talked last week, and I'm going to emphasize again, is that we grow and two things are going to radically influence us. the word or, the, or what we read or meditate on and the people that we associate with, all right? And so it's important that if we're going to grow, we're going to grow by applying the word of God in the context of community. We're going to grow by applying the word of God in the context of community. Because it's, it's important to be in Christian community so our faith can be exercised in Christ's character can be expressed. So let's just kind of break that down. We don't know about forgiveness, right, until somebody needs to be forgiven. All right, I can't say I'm a forgiving person if I never forgive anybody. So I've gotta be in relationship with somebody in order to forgive. Same thing is for grace. We wouldn't know about grace unless somebody needed grace. (laughs) And that person is me. (laughs) We wouldn't know about patience unless somebody needed patience. And we can't really love by ourselves. Commission has a song, love isn't love until you give it away. So we need community in order to even exercise who that we say that we are. Even coming to church in and of itself is an act of love. Did you get that? Coming to church itself is an act of love. See, Hebrews 10 talks about consider one another. That you may provoke one another to love and good works. It says, forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together as some have. In other words, that we all need to be provoked to love and good works. Right? So I need you in community to provoke me to love and good works. (laughs) But if you're not here, how can you provoke me to love and good works? (coughs) Are we following? That's important for us. Paul said it this way. He says in Philippians 1.23, he says, I'm torn because to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord, which is far better. And just want to encourage some of us who are dealing with the loss of loved ones. Scripture teaches us that they are in a far better place if they are in Jesus. He reminds us of that. Paul says, To be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord, and that is actually far better. He didn't say better. He said far better. And our loved ones, as much as we miss them dearly, they wouldn't want to come back here. To this, (laughs) what we have to experience, they are in a far better place. But he says, but for your sake, (laughs) it's better that I remain. So in other words, that my presence is for you. Tell your neighbor, my presence is for you. See, it's important because oftentimes when it comes to church, we think that church is about me. (laughs) I go to to church because I like the music. (laughs) I go to church because I like that preacher. I go to church because I like the programs that they have. But that's not really the essence of what being in Christian community is all about. This is actually not for me, but it's actually for you. Because we can't be who we're called to be without each other. An expression of love. Stay with me. I'm trying to lay some foundation. Point that we need to take note of is God created man out of his love, not out of his need. God created man out of his love not out of his need. God created us, mankind, out of his love, out of his fullness. Somebody say fullness. Out of his completeness, not out of his need. God did not need to make us. He did not need to create us because God is God in and of himself. He's all sufficient by himself. We can add absolutely nothing to God. Nor can we take anything away from God. Otherwise, he would not be God. Are you following? We can't add anything. He didn't make us because he wanted something from us. He just wanted this glory to come out of our lives. And so out of his fullness, out of his abundance, he created us. The Bible teaches us in 1 John 4 and 8, he says, God is love. So out of his abundance, he is love. But we know that John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Love also gives. Okay, you see that. Out of the fullness, love gives. 1 Corinthians 13 wraps it up this way, that love is really all that matters. He said, If I speak with tongues of angels but have not love, I'm just making a bunch of noise. He said, if I have all faith to move mountains, but yet have not love, I'm just making a bunch of, it's irrelevant. He said, if I give my body to be burned, but the motive for why I'm doing that is not love, it's useless. That's how important love is. Now let's break this down further. The flesh feeds off of emptiness. The flesh feeds off of Emptiness, either real or perceived. Where I get this from Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve were in the garden. Everything was great. Eve was deceived into thinking that God, a good God, was withholding something from her. That he wouldn't allow her to eat of this forbidden fruit because God did not want her to be like him. Full, you follow? (laughs) Complete. Complete. So she was tricked into thinking that she was lacking something, that there was something missing in her life, and that God somehow was trying to hoodwink her because he didn't want her to be like him. Are you following? And the Bible says that she ate of that forbidden fruit, something that was forbidden, and what's forbidden for us really is self-reliance. Relying on self is what God really forbids. Because when we acknowledge, when we know good and evil, that's what happens because we try to rely then on ourselves. And when something seems good to us, we desire it more. Anybody know what I'm talking about? See, they tell you when you have children, you should give them vegetables first. Right? Before you give them fruit even. Because fruit can be sweet, and so they they like that sweet taste. So you want to give them vegetables, get them used to that because it's not so sweet so that they can eat both. Now, let's not even talk about candy. Once you give children candy, all bets are off. (laughs) You want to give them carrots because the carrots are good for their eyes. They want to eat candy because Aunt candy looks good to their eyes. You see what I'm saying? Lay's potato chips said back in the day, bet you can't eat just one. <laughs> Come on in here. You know what I'm talking about. I got to pray in tongues just to get out with a, with, a, with a can of Pringles. Out the store. Because if I open it up, I'm going to eat the whole thing. <laughs> Come on in here. Some of y'all may be Doritos, red pack, blue pack. <laughs> Whatever it is, you can't eat this. Because when your body starts to, to, to crave that thing, it's hard to, to stop what you want. <laughs> That's why the Bible says in 1 Timothy 6.10, he says this. He says, the love of money is the root of all evil. So what are you talking about? That's hard to comprehend. If, if you think about it, he says the love of money is the root of all evil. New translations try to say is the root of all kinds of evil. But literally in its translation, it says the root of all evil. And that may be hard to ask to put our minds around, but it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. Why is that? Money's neutral by itself. Everybody realizes that, right? There's nothing wrong with money. Money's neutral in and of itself. Loving money, where our affections, are, our hearts are for money, is what the problem is. Because why do we want money? We want money so that we can do what we want. <laughs> Come on, here. Your children ever excited to get a job or to have their own money? Why? So that they can do what they want. See, you take their phone because it's your phone. They're longing for the day where they got their own money where you can't take their phone because it's their phone and they can do what they want. You're too quiet in here. They want to get out your raggedy 11 by 10 room you're stacking them in. They want to get their own money, right? So that they can have their own house and do what they want. They can come in when they want. They can leave when they want. They can listen to whatever they want. See, and money allows me to do that. I don't have to deal with you if I don't want to if I got money. I'll move right out the neighborhood if you move in, Tracy, because I got the money to do so. <laughs> if all you got is $5 in your pocket, you better go to McDonald's, maybe get a four for four from Wendy's. Popeye's may got $3.99, four tenders, and a biscuit, but that's about all you're going to get. With money can call any restaurant they want to and even if it's booked pull out some more money and say is there a seat for me come on in here even look at Daniel Snyder huh? people want him to change the name he's like I got too much money I'm not changing the name and I dare you to make me see because money allows us to fuel our own desires and our own self-sustainability That's why Jesus said this. He said, it's easier for a man to go on a camel of the needle to go go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven. (laughs) Money allows us self-sustainability. It allows us to meet our desires. I'm going somewhere. We got to understand that the father is the one who should be fulfilling Our desires James 4 1 through 5 says this what causes quarrels and fights among you is it not that your passions or your desires are at war within you can anybody relate to that our passions our desires are at war within us it says you desire and you do not have so you murder huh Anybody heard of a love triangle? One of the reasons why people end up dead is because I wanted you and couldn't have you. It's a quiet church today. It's a fourth Sunday. What is it? Huh? And so you wanted something, (laughs) couldn't have it. So what? You murder. It says you covet and you cannot have. So you fight and quarrel. Anybody your job fighting and quarrel? (laughs) You trying to get to the position? She trying to get to the position? You do not have. Why? Because you do not ask. Who are we supposed to ask? (laughs) Well, I don't want to ask. And if I had my own money, I wouldn't have to. You're not here. (laughs) If I had my own money, I wouldn't have to ask you. God neither. (laughs) Come on, we laying foundation. (laughs) We laying foundation. See, he says, and this is why he says that you you ask, and when you do ask, you ask, you don't get it because your motives are wrong. You just want to get it so that you can lavish your own self and your own desires. That's why God says no. Then he says, you adulterous people. Why is he saying that? He says, because he's the one that's supposed to be supplying our need. But we're we're, we're leaving our supply and going elsewhere to get that supply. He says, you can't be friends with the world, because you become friends with the world, you become enemies of God. And then he says, because God, he yearns jealousy over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. In other words, the spirit that he's given us, God wants that for himself. God wants that space for himself. He, he yearns for that in each and every one of us. That's why Psalms 37 and 4 says this. He says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So that we, if our delight is in him, if we put our delight in God, that he's the one that will give us our desires. More spirit, less flesh requires being filled with the spirit. More spirit, less flesh requires being filled with the spirit. Galatians 5, he talked to us about having our freedom. And here it is. I'm wrapping it to make it sense here. It says, We are to love and serve one another. And then in Ephesians, he tells us that we are to be imitators of God and walk in love. But watch this. When you get to 15, he says, we are living in evil times. I didn't realize that we're living in evil times. We live in evil times. Evil really being defined as missing God's mark. Evil being defined as relying on self. Anything that does not rely on God is evil. That's the time in what we live. And we know it because our flesh is in operation. And we experience, we talk about we have strife, we have division, we have envy, we have murders. We have all of this stuff that we see, we, all of this destruction because evil is so present because we live in the flesh. Then he goes on to say this. he says, we must make the best use of our flesh. Time. How do you realize everybody, we don't have a whole lot of time. I look up, man, I'm going to be 47 years old. I can just remember things when I was four, but I'm 47. Time flies. And so we've got to maximize the time that we have. Nobody's promised us that we're going to be here tomorrow or even how long we're going to be here. We got to make best use of our time. And so as believers, we can't use our time just heaping our time on the flesh. When somebody's on the phone cursing somebody out, you don't got to get on the phone and to have your two cents in there either. Is that the best use of your time? So when there's flesh going on, is that the best use of our time? He says, you got to be under the days are evil. We got to make sure that we're wisely using our time, not acting like fools. My dad used to say, any idiot could do that. And he would say, is that putting somebody down, anybody could do that. It doesn't take anything to put somebody else down. It takes something to be able to lift somebody else up. How we use our time. And he says, you must understand what the will of the Lord is. And the will of the Lord is, is to walk in love. Somebody say walk in love. Here we go. The spirit enables us to walk in love and produces love in our lives. The spirit is the one who enables us to walk in love and produces love in our lives. The reality is. We operate out of emptiness. And it's unattractive. We operate out of emptiness. I'm preaching to myself and I'm preaching to somebody. We operate out of emptiness, we operate out of feeling less than, we operate out of a mentality of brokenness. We operate out of uh, feeling less than. We call self-esteem, lack of self-esteem. We operate out of lack because fleshly living depletes us. Fleshly living has consequences. Pastor Pumphrey always says sometimes he'll go out and he'll meet some of his buddies, but they've been drinking and smoking and doing all this stuff for years that they look 50, 20 years older than what they really are. He's 74 and looks better than people 52. Because that type of living, it depletes your life. Come on in here, somebody. It takes away. Fleshly living robs us of vitality, robs us of of the vigor, robs us of life. Fleshly living has consequences. When you're always around destruction and you're you're always around death and you're always around trauma and you're always around issues, it has its consequences. Fleshly living takes away from us. And so we operate this way. We operate looking for things and looking for people to help us to feel full. That's why relationships are so jacked up. It's because people are thirsty. They're just so thirsty. <laughs> quiet here today. People are just so thirsty. Will take anything, anybody. As long as they stand in upright, they're just thirsty, got to have something, someone, to make them feel better, make them feel full, make them feel like they're a person. And relationships are, are are very destructive that way because I need you for me. <laughs> you got you have to make me look good. <laughs> I got a new job and I need a beautiful wife with long flowing hair so that I can walk in and, and people can have respect for me. Come on now. What's wrong? We should have left an hour ago. Your hair looks a mess anyway. Get it straight. You should have been on spring cleaning. Come on. What's what, It by now, hurry up! What are my friends gonna? What's my mama gonna say? She said I wasn't gonna be a good mother. I gotta prove to her. Hurry up! I ain't waiting for us to get settled. We gotta have this thing now. And stuff's all messed up and toxic because as people, we 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 operate out of an emptiness. That's why sports teams get jacked up. Look at the Celtics. More individual talent than probably anybody, but can't win because everybody's about themselves. Who's going to grab the bag at the end? Who, who's going to be the star? Who's going to be the one that gets all the accolades? Who the one that they're talking about? And we got to be careful, even as a church that we don't operate like that. We don't minister to people and want people to come to God so that we can fill up our empty chairs and so that it looks better on the camera. Lives are not about us. We're looking for folks so that they can help us look better so we can talk about how good our church is and how many people we got coming and how many services we have and when they talk about how good our weapons, that has nothing to do with lives being saved and it's repulsive and it, it, it's, it, it's broken when that happens Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. I gotta go, we gotta get to commission. <laughs> but Paul is not schizophrenic. He doesn't just leave and go off into some scientific when he says, be not drunk with wine. See, because he recognizes that this is how many of us operate because he knows that the time is evil and that when people are hungry and people are thirsty, they start grabbing for stuff to fill them up and, and he says, don't reach for the bottle. Don't get drunk with the bottle. You're on ease, so you got to fill up. And so you're looking to fill up and to get drunk to excess with the bottle. See, because being drunk has consequences too. Oh, be careful what you reach for when you're trying to fill yourself up. He says, don't grab the bottle. Because being drunk is only going to magnify what's in you already. You've talked to somebody that has too much to drink. (laughs) Whatever's in them going to come out. (laughs) It just magnifies it. It just makes it silly. Your filter gets removed and, and anything might come out your mouth. But importantly, it impairs your ability to love. You can't love somebody when you're drunk. <laughs> be careful what you reach for to quench your thirst. This is what he says. He said, be not drunk with wine. He's not going off on the town. He said, I know that people are thirsty for, for stuff. And I know that you feel it. But people are reaching for the wrong thing. He says, don't do this. But good news is the gospel, he says, but he tells you to do something. He says, be filled with the Spirit. He said, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled. That's, that's not, it's not a, a, a might or perhaps, but he's telling you, I know what the antidote is. I know, I know what the resolve is. I know how to turn this thing around. It's, it's to be filled with the Spirit. See, Jesus, when he, he walked on earth, he walked out of fullness in his life. Jesus always walked a full life. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4 that Jesus, being full of the Spirit, even when he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, the Bible says that he was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And how many realize that if you ain't had nothing to eat or nothing really to drink for 40 days and 40 nights, you hungry and you thirsty? See, and Satan thought he had him here. He said, I got this joke. I I know he's famished now. I know he's hungry and I know he's thirsty. So he tempted him to come out of himself and to grab this onto something that he had no business grabbing onto. He said, if you are the son of a man, turn this stone into bread and eat. <laughs> what Satan didn't realize is that Jesus was already full. He was full of the Spirit when he went in and he was full of the Spirit when he came out. The Spirit will keep you full even when your body may seem famished, even when your mind may seem fatigued. It's the Spirit that will give you supply as you're going through your biggest test. It's the Spirit that will keep you filled when you're going through your biggest obstacle, when you're chugging away trying to get to your biggest breakthrough. It's your Spirit that will fuel you to get to where you need to go. He had something that the devil didn't know that he had. He had the spirit. That's why Jesus could walk around and and when, when the woman that had the issue of blood, when she touched his garment, he said, I feel that power has left me. But he wasn't in the power deficit. He wasn't lacking anymore, but he had plenty of power because he was operating in the fullness of the spirit. Say, talk to me, preacher, I am. In Acts chapter 6, when the work of the ministry got full, they needed people to help out in ministry. He didn't say, call the biggest and strongest, those that are in the gym seven days a week. That's great if you can do that. But he said, you need to find people that are full of the Spirit. Because in order to love people in ministry, you got to be full of the Spirit. Sometimes people are not lovable when you come to serve them. Sometimes they're not lovable when you're trying to help them. But they don't need you to slap them with your flesh. They need somebody that's full of the Spirit. Even when the demons in Acts chapter 12 tried to approach Paul to try to keep Paul from preaching the gospel, the Bible said Paul, being full of the spirit, looked him dead in the eye, looked that sorcerer dead in the eye and said, you child of the devil, you will not hinder the gospel from going forth. And the Bible said that people got saved because of Paul's message. But when the enemy tried to stop what God was trying to do, it's being full of the spirit that enables you to push through. You can look that devil right in his face, you lying spirit you poverty spirit you broken spirit I rebuke you in the name of Jesus but you better be full of the spirit if you're going to be able to do that flesh can't handle spirit oh I'm out of time (laughs) but I'm telling you we got to be filled with the Spirit. Because he says you, when you get filled with the Spirit, then you got Psalms. In other words, when the Spirit is filling you, then the Word of God will come out of you. Because we said last week, the Spirit is teaching us all things about Jesus. And so when the Spirit is one that's filling you, then Scripture comes out. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that would try to rise up, I shall condemn. The Spirit is fooling you. Then you say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world when you're full of the spirit you got to say even if I have to suffer with him I'm going to yet reign with him so if I got to suffer then suffer it be but I know that I'm going to reign in glory at some point in time it's the word of God that comes out when the spirit is filled and the Bible says that you got psalms and spiritual songs that we can say, Blessed Assurance, uh, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste uh, of glory divine! I'm an heir of salvation, purchased by God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior, not just one day, not just two days, but all the day long. We got to be filled with the spirit. And so right now I don't know where you are. You may be feeling like you're on E right now. But it's time to get filled up. It's time to get filled with the Spirit. There's nothing spooky or magical about it. It's just say, Holy Spirit, I need you to fill me up. Holy Spirit, I'm inviting you to fill me up. Holy Spirit, you know where I am. You know I need to love. You know I got to go through for this situation. But Holy Spirit, fill me up. If somebody needs to be filled up today, I just want you to stand over the building and just lift up your hands and just say, Holy Spirit, fill me up and open up your mouth and let the Spirit begin to pour into you, pour the fresh water, water from heaven, water that comes that will quench your thirst, that you'll never, ever be without supply. Holy Spirit. Fill me up. Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill me up. Fill me up. in fullness not in lack he'll fill you up today must be filled with the spirit. While we're getting ready for communion, we can go ahead and start to move. I want to do two things real quick before we hit this communion table. And look at this great sacrifice of love. While everybody's still praying, those who are praying in the spirit continue to pray in the spirit but if there's somebody here that does not know the Lord Jesus somebody here that is not saved you realize that you're running on empty because you don't know Jesus and you hear him calling you today is there somebody that wants to give their life to the Lord is there somebody that wants to give their life to Jesus somebody that wants to get saved for the very first time and say Jesus forgive me of my sin I know I've fallen short come into my life is there somebody that wants to get saved somebody that wants to get saved today for the first time and give their life to Jesus is there one is there one while we're praying in this moment is there one Is there somebody looking for a church home? Somebody you already saved, you've already given your life to Jesus, and you hear God saying that this is the place he wants you to work out your soul salvation. Is there somebody that wants to make this their church home? Now's the time to come. We want to embrace you. We want to welcome you. We want to love upon you. There's somebody that wants to make this their church home. Two things. Somebody that wants to get saved. Somebody wants to make this their church home. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Don't let this moment pass you by. If you're not saved and you hear God calling you, the day you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Receive him today. Is there one? amen 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 we're all satisfied with our salvation and our church church is not about you but it's about us we need you if you need to come we need you here amen god bless you
1: Good afternoon, church. It's time for our responsive reading. It can be found at the back of the hymnal, number 581, also 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, starting in verse 23, and also on the screen. So let us begin. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also, he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Amen. It's time for communion. It's time when we commune together and remember this great sacrifice of love. This is what we could never duplicate, but must strive to imitate. That we sacrifice and love for Christ's sake and to one another. And so if you know if there's some odd in your life, even now that you need to confess to God, if there's some things you need to go back and reconcile with somebody, I just want you to take a minute to think about that thing and ask God for forgiveness and purpose in your heart to do that as soon as as you are able to do that.
2: C.O.G. we do serve an open communion that anyone that is a baptized believer in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ can partake and we know that we recognize that the, the bread represents the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that went to the cross for us hallelujah And the cup represents the shed blood of Jesus Christ. In the New Testament, it says that without the remission of the blood represents the remission of his, our sins. And we thank God for the covering of his blood for us. We're going to bless the bread and the wine. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, O oh God, for the, your body, oh God. And the sacrifice of your body, God. We remember, oh God, the blood, oh God, that was shed just for us, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for the opportunity of coming together, united in the body, oh God. God, recognizing, oh God, that when we're united, oh God, and we're looking at you, oh God, that you are able to do everything, oh God. And so, God, we bless it, oh God, and we thank you, oh God, for doing what we can't do in the spiritual, God. And in the natural, oh God, we say thank you, God, as we recognize and we remember The cost, oh God. God, and when we eat and when we drink, oh God, we remember the cost, oh God. And we thank you, oh God, for healing, for deliverance, for salvation, oh God. Because the cost, oh God, that we have access, oh God, to the Father. Through you, Jesus and Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Officers, you can come in.
0: He's followed the direction of the ushers at this time.
2: Has everyone been served? Everybody on the floor been served? Everybody's been served? Amen, amen. You can deaconess, you can come in. You can come in, yes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Amen. Amen.
0: Let us take the bread, break it and eat, and eat in remembrance of him. Let's take the cup, shedding of blood. There's no remission of sin. Thank you, Jesus. Drink in remembrance of him. Hallelujah 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 thank you jesus We can stand to our feet to be dismissed. Hallelujah. Be filled with the Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Keep this joy with you every time you go. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Be filled with the Spirit. Father, we bless you and we honor you, O God. We thank you for this wonderful sacrifice, O God. We thank you, Lord, for this time with you, God, corporately together. God, help us to remember you and what you've called for us to to be in this earth realm, oh God. And so we thank you for victory in every situation this week, oh God. And so till we see each other again, God, protect us and keep us and fill us with your spirit that we may walk in love. And we bless you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.